Welcome to Let's Get Lit, the book club podcast with a twist. This week we have read Americana by, you say the author's name, Chimamanga Ngozi Adichie. Kind of. Right? That's our best. It's really attempt. hard. I can't get it right and I feel really poorly. We a few times. Yeah, we keep listening to it and not nailing it. Yeah, not nailing it, but we did read it and it was... You know, almost 600 pages, so that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Um, And then this week, kind of for our cocktail pairing, we tried to pair one from the book, but it's bizarre. They tend to drink a lot of virgin cocktails in the book. Um, One that comes, I know, lame. But one that comes up a lot is this kind of pomegranate, sparkling water, and cranberry juice virgin cocktail. So we went ahead and popped that cherry and added some vodka to it so virgin no more (laughs) virgin no more cocktail of the week but it's actually pretty good i mean it tastes like youth it tastes like youth it tastes like someone has a uti right like you know Mm -hmm. when you'd get a uti in college and people would be like it's fine i'll just have vodka crayon and you're like that's totally how the human body works it's fine i love college loved past tense you've moved on i am not in college anymore but i still love it theoretically yeah you love the concept of college and much of this book is about you know the main character's experience with not going off to college per se but doing her postgraduate degree in the state so you get to relive it in some sense so should we give like an overarching summary of the book before we kind of dive in yeah I do you guess want me to start or do you want to start? You start and I'll jump in and heckle you because I okay. feel like that's our best look. I'll do the best I can to summarize this in 30 seconds. Cool. So how this starts is the main character, whose name I can't pronounce, so maybe we're not starting off on the best foot. Um, if, if I always say FM because they do, <laughs> like they shorten her name a lot. Okay. Main character. Fem. She... The book is actually written in... Ephemalu? Okay. Is that how you say it? That's how I pronounce it. I Neither of us did know. the audiobook, so we're guessing here. Yeah. So she starts off, she's born in Nigeria. She grows up there. A series of things happen, and she moves to the States. And the book actually starts when she's in the States. She's been there for 13 years, and she decides that she's going to move back to Nigeria. And there's a lot of things that are happening in her life up to that point. It's kind of strange the way that they do it chronologically like they start kind of three quarters of the way through the story and then go back to the beginning and then go back to where she is and then continue on to the end of the story but essentially she is born in Nigeria she kind of grows up there she has this young romance things are a little complicated she moves to the United States she starts going to well she plans to go to school. It's really hard for her financially. There's all of these complicated things that go on. She has this moment where things are really hard for her. And then she kind of cuts ties with her love of her life at the time because this bad thing happened. She goes on, kind of keeps going on. It ends up being like relatively prosperous. She runs a blog. She has some boyfriends. She's living her life. But she feels like she's not super satisfied. So she decides to move back to Nigeria and no one can really understand from her American life why she decides to move back to Nigeria. 
But she moves back there kind of to pursue this ex of hers, but also because she doesn't feel like she ever really fit in in America. And she goes back there and things are really weird, but then they're not. And then her ex-boyfriend and her kind of rekindle things. And then the story ends. Yeah, I mean... Does that sound like it, basically, in a nutshell? Yeah, I was like, way to sell it. I don't think I even need to ask if you liked the book based on your retelling of it. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of different themes I feel like we could talk about. But I just want to start with the fact that I think this is a perfect example of a book where, like, having too high of expectations makes it really hard to assess how much I liked it. Because I was expecting this to be, like, one of my favorite books. And I was so underwhelmed. And I am reticent to even say that because I love the author so Mm -hmm. much. And I love the message of the book. And so much of what's in there is good stuff. But I was just not in any way invested in these characters or their storyline. And it just felt very academic to me and not something that I had any kind of like emotional connection to and Mm -hmm. I'm just disappointed but I don't know how much of that is just what I came to the book thinking or hoping for and what actually ended up being there yeah I agree with you I feel like I want I walked into this novel like wanting to love it and there was parts of it that I did love I mean I think that this was for the most part a pretty easy read and Mm -hmm. it was entertaining and interesting But I felt like this book should have been either a novel or nonfiction or like a series of essays or an opinion piece. And it tried to combine being a novel with being an opinion piece in a way that just didn't really sink for me very well. Yeah. And so it was the the main character in the novel is supposed to be a blogger. And the novel is basically just written kind of as a series of events that happens and it's either like the novelist or the not the novelist the main character is either observing some things that happens in her life or she kind of walks around observing people generally because she writes a blog yeah so the way that the novel progresses it's like she observes some people there's a comment on like race or society or something and then it goes into this like diatribe about race or society and there the the kind of um essays that come of these experiences they're interesting they're well thought out they're poignant but they don't continue the story at all and Mm -hmm. so it's like these like things that happen they have these interesting political commentary and then you try to get back into the story and it's like this story arc is supposed to be carrying you through the novel but it doesn't really do it for me it's like this story happens there's also these political things that happen these like societal commentary that happens but they just don't mesh at any point for me at all and it's really hard and I understand that coming at this book from a perspective of a white woman like I'm gonna miss some of it and I'm trying but like it just didn't it didn't click for me in a way that I wanted it to well I also think I a lot of the kind of so she has this blog right and there's two at different points in the book but when she has moved to the U.S. from Nigeria And she starts to basically write from her perspective of being there. I think it's like, what did they call it? Various observations about American blacks um, by a non-American black. So a lot of it is not just like, hey, this is what 
racism looks like in America. It's like, hey, this is someone who coming here, I am perceived a certain way, Mm -hmm. but I am not a part of that experience. And I don't even have kind of the same history or like experience of being discriminated against that a lot of you know, American blacks do. So it's just this weird in between place to be in Mm -hmm. where she's constantly in a state of like people telling her she should be offended by something when she doesn't feel offended because she didn't grow up with that same kind of intrinsic history or discrimination. But then also seeing it and being like, wow, this is crazy. Like America is this place I always expected to be so forward thinking. So I do get how it's like, a part of her experience as an immigrant and moving and being really disillusioned by the American dream. But I agree with you where it's like the way they just kind of drop it in, in the book, it doesn't advance the plot as much as it just kind of has this sidebar of, Hey, like I'm making this specific point. And as much as you or I, I feel like for the most part, we pretty much agreed with a lot of the kind of, basically arguments that the author or the main character is making it stops feeling like it's a work of fiction and starts Mm -hmm. to feel like you are reading an essay about something and it just kind of gets scattered throughout the book in a way that doesn't it just pulls you out of the narrative and makes you less connected to what's happening i agree um and that's not to say like i did read it and i thought like oh this is an important book and it's an important perspective and I'm glad that I read it, like, with all things, but it just really made it hard to relate to the main character because it just gets so, like, out of her experience, out of her emotions, Mm -hmm. and into this really, like, high-level, like, bird's-eye view of what's going on. So, yeah, I'm just... Overall, I'm disappointed, but I feel like if we had not known what we were reading, we'd probably be more excited about this book. I agree, and I think like there's something to be said about the novel being so different than anything that I'd been exposed to before. I think like coming at this from a perspective of looking at racism in America from the perspective of someone who is a black person from a different country... Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's probably not the same kind of racism that we've been known to be, like, aware of. And, like, you know, all the things that are entrenched in our society because it's been like this for so long. It's just a different... It's just a different way of looking at things. And I think, like, that was a good experience for me to kind of try and see things through her eyes. That being said... There's also an argument against, you know, white people feeling the need to be spoon-fed this racism stuff so that we're, it's not offensive to us. And I didn't feel like this book was offensive in any way. I just, like, didn't... I didn't like the main character. Like, yeah. I just... I couldn't... It's not even that I couldn't relate to her. It was just, like, she's not very nice. She's not, like, a nice person. She's not, like, nice to the people she's with. She's kind of a homewrecker. Like... Literally a homewrecker. Yeah, I mean, and then she like she's just super negative in every situation that she's in. She's not nice to anybody, and I feel like had she made the main character more likable, I would have liked her more. But and it's not. I like flawed main characters. Like I'm all about a fucked up protagonist. Yeah. But it. I mean, I didn't find a lot of redeeming qualities about the main character. She was smart. She was interesting. But I also feel like. 
and take this with a grain of salt, like as someone who's getting married relatively soon, I take marriage a little bit more seriously. And I feel like she went into this book lusting after her childhood sweetheart who's like married with a kid and she's like just keeps like poking at that trying to like dissolve that relationship so she can have this person and I'm like bitch just calm down find a different dude there's plenty of other shitty men out there (laughs) there's endless shitty men out there we promise we've done the research to prove this for a fact um yeah it's hard because it is something I like you I like complex you know, main characters where it's like they don't have to be perfect. In fact, when they're flawed, it makes them more relatable yeah, in totally. a lot of ways. But I just... It is hard because it was something where I tried to sit back and say like, hey, could this be an experience where I'm like, this person has just had such a different life from me where I can't relate to them. And so, you know, you don't want to put judgment on yeah. anyone's story. But it's like we all have these moments where we're self-destructive and we spoil things that are good for us. And I definitely think, um, you know, if M does that a lot in this book and you get it because she feels like she wants certain things, but does she deserve them? And, you know, she's dealing with all of this kind of same identity crisis, um, that you might expect kind of going to this brand new country. But there's just times where I'm like, you know, you can ruin things for yourself, but there's also, like, ruining things for everyone around you. And I yeah. do feel like you have to go through, like, some shitty relationships to f- figure out who you are. But the point when she basically... She goes through, like, two relationships when she's in the States. Mm-hmm. That they're significant relationships and they definitely shape who she becomes. And I don't even hold anything against her for, like, screwing those up because she's growing up and yeah, she's figuring out who she up. is. Yeah, like... No big deal. She's finding herself. These were not the right people for her. But then she comes back to Nigeria. And a part of that decision is kind of like her longing for her childhood sweetheart, Obinze. And she knows he's married. She knows he has a kid. She dropped him when she moved to the States for reasons that, like you said, were complicated. Like, she deals with the situation that, I mean, basically... like. Do you want to talk about the situation... Like, why she drops him? It's it's so depressing, but basically it's like she cannot find a job, and it's not her fault. She's doing everything she can to find it. She's at a point where she's not going to be able to pay her rent. Like, she is truly out of options. And this man had propositioned her at one point, like, hey, come give me a massage, and I will pay you. Yeah. And it's not clear that it's going to be prostitution or anything like that, but she has a sense, and she avoids it for as long as she can. And at a certain point, it's like, well, the best laid plans, I have to pay my rent. Yeah. So she shows up. She, like, begrudgingly ends up basically, like, they don't quite have sex, but they do other stuff. And she feels really bad about it. It's not something she wanted to do, but she's desperate. Yeah. And she's performed, like, some of these sex acts basically just to get by. Yeah, to pay her rent because she's out of options. Yes. And, and it's no humiliating for her. It's humiliating for her. And it's like, here she is, this educated, capable woman. And this is what she's been reduced to. And it's not what she chose for herself. And so she falls into this deep depression and stops messaging Obinze, stops responding to him. Like, won't open his mail, won't open his emails. All of that understandable. But she just never messages him again and moves on with her life. And then basically when she circles back to, like, hey, I kind of fucked that up. I get it. Because I understand, like, why she 
felt this shame and why she didn't want to talk to him because she didn't want to deal with what had happened. Yeah. But it's just, like, she waits so long. She waits, like, two relationships later to reach out when he's moved on, when he's has a family. And it's just, like, uh, it's hard to get behind. It's hard to get behind, and I feel like it's part of coming at this from an American perspective when you see, like, obviously this author is coming from the perspective of a Nigerian woman and like the protagonist is the Nigerian woman and she probably perceives and looks at things differently. But like when you come at this from American perspective, it's like this thing happened and it was fucked up. But I feel like a lot of people in America, it's not like that is like a life ruining moment for you. You know what I mean? Like I think that Americans are so weird about that kind of stuff. Like, it's taboo and it's like not something you talk about but it's not something that like requires you to cut all ties with your previous life like it's just something that wouldn't be talked about and then you just kind of continue on and you're like okay that never happened you know well it is interesting like I can say like as someone who's like suffered from depression before I understand where it's like she has this point after that where she's like, I just don't care about anything. And anything that used to matter to me doesn't matter anymore. So she just is unable to live in society. So it's like, you're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking with a clear head. And it doesn't even necessarily matter sometimes if like the thing that happened is worth everything else being thrown away because it's, it's just outside of your control. And she even talks about in the book, like, in Nigeria, like, depression is not a real thing. Like, this mm-hmm. is an American condition that no one recognizes yeah. from where she comes from. So it's really hard for her to wrap her head around the fact that this is a real thing that she's experiencing. However, it's like she moves past all of that and moves on with her life. And it's not like the second she's back in her right mind, she then you yeah. know goes back to those people. She seems to have this sense of like, well, I didn't respond for so long, so I never can. Which, okay, like, whatever, but at a certain point, it's like you waited too long. Yeah. And even if that is a sad thing where you're like, hey, this is the person who got away from me, I just, I find it very selfish to say, like, I know you have a wife, I know you have a kid, but I am still in love with you and I am going to pursue you after I dropped you, but at this point, like, I'm into it again, so, like, fuck everything else. And I know that's probably, like, a judgmental way of looking at it, but I just am not about the homewrecking life. No, I agree. And I think, like, if she were to come back because they'd been separated for some, like, cause that neither one of them could have done anything about and, like, they were both single, like, I would be like, girl, do everything in your power to get back together with this dude. But when you're at a point where this person's, like, they've been married for years, they have a child, like, don't fuck it up. Like, also, you, like, there's so many other people you could go out and, like, do your do your thing with, like, have your life. I think, like, she put all of her ideas of what happiness could be onto the idea of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not fair to him, and it's not fair to her either. Yeah, and it is, like... I want to be fair to, like, they were split up by all these things outside of their control. Like, their plan was for them to eventually meet up in the U.S. again. And because of all these, like, visa requirements and other things that got screwed up, it was like they were torn apart by fate. And they both had to go about their lives and keep on living. However, she had moved on. Like, there's a point in this Mm -hmm. book where she's like... 
did a day ever go by where I didn't think about him? And I'm like, yeah, it did. I promise. Yeah. Because I was there where you were like really happy with other people you dated. And yeah. same for him too, where it's like this person might have been in the back of your mind, but at some point that's more about like, this was my first like love. This was something that was pure and unadulterated yeah. by real life. Well, I mean, they were together for years. They lost their virginity to each other. Yeah, like they were so their first real love. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like that's significant, but I think if that happens in your life, you probably put more pressure on it than it deserves or more yeah. power in it than it deserves. Totally. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. And even so, you know, towards the end of the book, it's like they, you know, she comes back to Nigeria, they meet up, they kind of rekindle their romance. And she's like, dude, you're married. Like, I'm not trying to be this person. Like, you're still with your wife. And it's just kind of over it. And so then he seems like, okay, I'm going to try to leave my wife. And then he's not able to. All of this kind of shaky shit happens. But it seems like he's going to try to make things work with his wife and his daughter. And she has started dating a new person. And I'm like, yet again, she's like, hey, I'm starting to find love. And, like, things yeah, could be totally. fine. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, spoiler alert. It seems like at the end they do end up back together. They don't clarify it completely, but it's like she tells him to come in. Yeah. At the end when he shows up and he's like, hey, I left my wife. I've moved out. Yeah. And no matter what, I'm going to keep pursuing you. So let's do this. I think it, like, links back to, like, when they first started dating and when she was, like, so she had this, like, friend who everyone thought was really pretty and, like, really popular she was like, why well, aren't you pursuing her? And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm pursuing you. And then at the very end, it circles back to be like, I'm pursuing you. Yeah. And I was just like, I feel like that's supposed to be really romantic, but I'm kind of like, you're married. Yeah. You're married. I know. Well, that's, I'm like, that's how you know we're just like these bitter old ladies. But again, like, I don't know. Maybe if there was more built up into their emotional connection, yeah. perhaps I would have I been more invested. It. I didn't feel I it. I didn't feel the thing. It is funny because I'm, like, even thinking about this, just comparing, like, when we talked about Anna Karenina, and I was like... Oh, I was all about that home record. <laughs> I was like, I get it, Anna. Like, your life's boring. And now I'm just like, hey, girl, like, you were fine. You don't need to do yeah. this. But it really comes down to, like, do you believe in the relationship? And do you believe in, like, have these choices been made by these people or have these circumstances happened to them that were outside of their control? And in both of the main characters' case in this book, I'm like, you guys chose this. Like, there was nothing forcing you. Like, there was even a point in the book where I thought, like, for Obinze, like, he moves to London and he's trying to get his visa and he's about to marry this woman to get his visa. So that was something where I was like, oh, this is kind of sad because I get it. Like, you had to make these decisions Mm -hmm. for your own life. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you both just separately moved on. Yeah. You made your bed and you have to lie in it. And if things don't work out, that's fine. Divorce exists for a reason. But he had, like, a nice wife. wife. nice. Yeah, like, she did everything she could. Like, it just seemed like there was a lot of collateral damage here where, whatever, again, you can't judge these things as much as we are judging them. But, like, don't expect me to root for your relationship. That's fair. And I think a lot of times, like, when you see relationships falling apart, like, 
things and, fall apart, right? Well, in novels especially, like, you look at these characters and you're like, that they shouldn't have been together. Like, neither of these people are happy and, like, their relationship falls apart in a way where you can say, like, yeah, it makes sense that they don't end up together. But in this one, it was like, there was nothing, like, it wasn't like his wife was unhappy. She was relatively happy and, like, he was basically just like, this isn't good enough and, like, I'm going to go fuck it up. And I feel like whenever you see that happen in a relationship, you're, I mean, it's very easy to place blame on that person mm-hmm. or on that person and the person that they leave you for. It's like, that's just fucked up. It's just fucked up and just don't do that. And I think you see it so frequently in relationships now. Like, I'm thinking of one in particular and I'm not going to call anybody out on this, but like, it's, it's this relationship that you think is fine and you think is like normal and lovely. And then something comes in and just like tears the whole thing apart. And you just like lose all respect for the person who was in it in the first place. Cause you're like, you promised yourself to this person and you are like leaving on a whim because you're like, meh, I'm like less happy than I could be. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, for Obinze in particular, he gets married to someone that he knows from the get-go he's not yeah. in love with. Like, this isn't he someone... He marries her because she's, like, pretty and, like, can do stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you went in eyes wide open. This is what you decided you wanted. So nothing actually changed here. You just were like, oh, now something better came along. Yeah. Which, whatever. I mean, let's be real. Like, at the end of the day, everyone's going to do what makes them happiest, but... It's just like, you know, when you read a good romance, you want to be like, oh, my heart is happy. And yeah, when I read this book, happy. I was like, there's so many people that like I'm grieving for that were hurt in the wake yeah. of their love story that it's yes. like, as much as you want to be happy for these two characters, I'm more sad for other characters that it made it really hard for me to like feel invested. I was mostly like, cool, you guys were happy, but more people ended up being unhappy. And yeah yay romance basically it was like the valentine's day experience i'm used to where i'm like look someone else has love but (laughs) i mean it's just like how do you root for people when their happiness comes at the expense of everyone else in their life it's just definitely it's just not i mean it's not like i'm resentful of them for finding each other but i'm also not happy for them yeah i'm like oh cool they end up together like what a weird story arc. What a weird story arc. Also, but was that even the point of the story? I don't know. I feel like... This was an essay that was, like, punctuated by a romance. Yeah, and I thought the essays were really interesting. I do, too. And I think it's a worthwhile read for a lot of people. It just... It did not do anything for me in terms of my emotional state. I think if you're going to read this... Go into it expecting it to be, like, a political commentary and a social commentary. That's a good point. And not go into it expecting it to be a romance of any any fashion. I was reading and they said there was a... The, um, the author did an interview where she said this was supposed to be, like, a comedy. Really? This was supposed to be, like, a humorous novel that How? had, like, all these other things. And there was, like, points where she was writing it where she just, like, couldn't stop laughing. And I was like... 
there was not one point in this whole book that I thought was funny, but I also feel like it's worthwhile to point out that there's a lot of things that I assume are probably, like, cultural or, like... Yeah, where you're, like, laughing because you're, like, this is so... Like, so... Like, this cultural misunderstanding yeah, is so funny. completely. And I'm, like, I obviously have no understanding of what it's like to be a Nigerian-American, so I don't know... But in, shows what you know. <laughs> well, in a lot of like the comments and um, reviews on Goodreads, people were saying like there's a lot of things that she wrote about that were just very spot on to what it's like to be a Nigerian American person. And Americana is a word that's like used by Nigerian people specifically for someone from Nigeria who went to live in America and then comes back and then like has been shaped by what it's like to be in America. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I feel like this book was a really good portrayal of what it what it's like to go from one culture to another and all the different nuances that exist in one culture and another culture. And I think it's hard to appreciate when you spend most of your time living in one place. Like I've lived in America for my, basically my entire life. And like, I think you have other than like a brief stint somewhere else. Well, I was going to say, I think it is true. Just even if you've traveled anywhere, you real, it, opens your eyes to the fact that like oh it's not like this everywhere and the culture shock she went through was a lot more severe than probably what you or I have yeah. ever dealt with just in traveling but in that part of the book I did find very interesting and very illuminating and even going back like you mentioned to our home country where then mm-hmm. she's been influenced by American culture and when she returns she's like hey now I kind of I find certain things about Nigeria like silly or laughable compared to like I've seen it done Mm -hmm. in a more effective way elsewhere but she can be like kind of critical on both ends and also appreciate the culture on both ends Yeah, but it does put you in this weird kind of in between phase but yeah it was there were certain parts that I even felt like you know it's hard because on the one hand one of the things I liked about this book was I always like to read about something where I'm like this is just a perspective I would never get to experience because yeah. I'm never, to your point, going to be like someone coming from Nigeria to the United States. Like, we are who we are, so it lets you see things through someone else's eyes. But on the other side, it can be hard when you're like, this is so different from my life that I find it difficult to relate to certain things. Mm-hmm. So I did find it interesting when you could relate to certain parts of it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, even they mentioned at one point, like you know, having traveled around and being in Europe versus being in America. And some of the women from Nigeria mentioned, like, in Europe, I'm just a beautiful woman. And in Mm -hmm. America, like, I am, like, this exotic fetish. Where it's, like, you know, men could never admit to being attracted to me here. Where in Europe, it's just, like, you're a babe, you're a babe. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, like, simplifying things a bit. But I was, like, yeah, that's... A hundred percent something that I'm like, I totally get that how like these kind of cultural norms can be different. Yeah. Like I remember when I was in Europe and I was just like, oh my God, I had no idea what a babe I was because I was used to like being a big, beautiful woman in America being like, well, I'm fucking invisible to like anyone who doesn't like see this as a fetish. Yeah. And then when I went to Europe, I was just like, I had no idea what a hot commodity <laughs> I was. And it wasn't something that was about, like, hey, like, you're fulfilling this, like, fetish, one yeah. weird fetish. It was just, like, I'm attracted to you and there's no weird, like, cultural bullshit that goes into that. So that's something that's, like, I'm, like, it's different. Like, same, same, different, different, yeah. right? So there were parts of that that I was, like, it is really interesting 
just to go from these different cultures where things are viewed so mm-hmm. differently. So I, I did find parts like that in the book to be something that I could relate to and that I really had an attachment to, but it's like they would go back and forth so much between this really like highbrow academic interpretation of things mm-hmm. to then we're getting back into the characters' lives where I'm like, oh, you kind of got to like pick a lane. Yeah. And I think sometimes the author well, just was like, I'm going to, get on a soapbox and explain these things to you. And even though I agreed with her, I was like, you're pulling me out of the novel. That I agree with that a hundred percent because I feel like there was a lot of points in this book where I was like, I really just wanted her to dive into the characters Mm -hmm. and she used them as an opportunity to make a different point. And while I agreed with the point and I was like, good job making this point, I was like, this isn't part of the story. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's impossible to write a story that's a really fantastic social commentary and also a great story. And I thought she was definitely an author who was capable of doing that. I think that maybe her editor just, like, didn't execute properly on this. Because that's I think fair. that, like, had, she, had this been, like, really thoughtfully edited, she probably would have been like, hey, this is two books... Or, like, make this more streamlined. Or show me, don't tell me. Yeah, exactly. And I actually do think if you took all of the tell me, by which I mean, like, the things that are her blog posts, if you took those out, a lot of times I felt like it was almost like when someone's like, hey, I just made, like, look at this metaphor I made. Now I'm going to sit here and explain it to you. And that's what I felt like was happening in this book where I'm like, yeah, I got it. And then for you to now have this explanation of it really takes away from it. Yeah. Where you could have read the book and you could have picked all of those pieces out and made the exact same points. Totally. The whole point of a story or a work of fiction versus nonfiction or like short essays or whatever it is, is like, I'm going to read this and... I'm going to take away a feeling, mm-hmm. not like I will have been like told a message. Yeah, it's just a different thing, and it, it I don't know. It was just mixing too many different things together, and it made it all less effective. And that's not to say I walked away from it being like this was a waste of my time. It just it could have been amazing, and it was just like oh, cool. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, just pretty like I don't know I don't feel like my worldview changed in any way from reading this no it just kind of opened my eyes to like oh this is another person's perspective but it wasn't told in a very effective way for me yeah I mean in reading the reviews from what other people said like this this book was pretty profound for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and I think there was a lot that this book said that was important and needs to be told about, like, the immigrant experience and the experience of being a black person in America versus just a black person. And, like, I think that the one of the bigger points that she was making was that the way that other people perceive you as a black person in America, it's different than, like, what your actual experience can be as a black person. And, mm-hmm. like, your experience is shaped by how people view you, not actually how you are. Mm-hmm. And... I think that like coming from coming from a place where almost everyone is black 
that like she was able to be pretty much whoever she wanted to be in Nigeria because she didn't look different than the other people in Nigeria. But coming to America, she looked different. Like there's this, I mean, it's, it is not for us to get into as two white people, like the whole hair mm-hmm. issue that came into place. But like the, yeah. the novel essentially starts with her in a salon there's, like, a ton of things going on in, within that kind of context. And it continues throughout the novel, like, the whole idea of your hair and what that, how other people perceive that and what it means for you and what it means for other people who are looking at it you that way. the song, I Am Not My Hair. By India Ari. Mm-hmm. Also the pink remix. Yes, of course. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but I think, I think, like, there's a lot of things that we can't necessarily relate to, but that we don't necessarily, we, sh- we not, we shouldn't really, like... But we should understand that it's it's something that's important and needs to be recognized as a legitimate struggle that some people deal with. Yeah. Well, and even just, I thought, like, a lot of those things, it's like, it did make a really good point where, you know, at a certain point, she has been using, like, these chemical relaxers yeah. or doing all these things to kind of fit in and have this more mainstream hairstyle because she recognizes that by, you know, having her natural hair, doing braids, something of mm-hmm. that sort, it would actually impact her job prospects negatively. Yeah. So, you know, like all women do, it's like you do what you need to do to get yeah. ahead. But at a certain point, she kind of has to stop doing that because, like, the chemicals are, like, like balding her. Yeah. And, like, negatively affecting her health. And then she starts to realize, like... As she's embracing her natural hair, not even because she wants to, just because she has to, people are treating it like it's some kind of political act or like, hey, you're trying to prove some sort of point. And her point is like, can it just be normal like everything else? Like, why is it that like embracing what I am is, why does that have to be like a message or making a point? Why can't it just be like as normal as someone who has straight hair or curly hair or something that everyone is used to seeing. Like, the yeah. fact that I don't embrace or give in to that is seen as, like, oh, you're trying to, like, prove a point. And she's yeah. like, no, no. I'm just trying to live my life and, like, not have it be commented on. And I did think, like, those kinds of things were very important, too. And I was glad we got that perspective. Yeah. But It reminded me yeah. of... Did you ever read the autobiography of Malcolm X? No. First of all, fantastic fucking book. Highly recommend it. But there's a there's like a little vignette in it where he's talking about when he was younger, he was trying to fit in with these people who are basically kind of like not gangsters, but like some smooth cats is how he some described him. Cats. And they basically were like, the cool thing to do was to relax your hair. And so he went and got his hair relaxed and like when he went to do it, all these people in the salon were basically just, like, scalding their scalp off with lye. Ugh. And, like, that was part of the process is, like, you just had to basically, like, burn your skin off and then your hair would be straight. And he was, like, talking about how he remembered it being, like, a horrific process. But then when he saw his hair, he was like, this is amazing. And it wasn't until, like, a while later when he got some more perspective that he was, like this is fucked up. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's like, it's reflective of a lot of things when society tells you that you're supposed to be one thing other than the thing that you are in order to be accepted and attractive and successful. You do whatever you can to make yourself whatever is successful and attractive. And you know, like you, you do those things. And I think that it's applicable to like almost any race or gender or, you know, ethnicity. Like, 
you do what you can to not not stand out in a good way. Yeah. And so you go to this like I don't know, like waspy heteronormative like thing and you're like if I do this, I'm going to be the thing that everyone thinks I should be when in reality like Nobody is ever going to just like you. Yeah. Like, everyone always thinks everything's fucked up, and everyone talks shit all the time. It's just, like, it's hard when how you look is so, um, I mean, it just, like, shapes how other people perceive you, whether you want it to or not. Like, when you can't, when you can't just blend in by not doing anything, and in order to blend in, you have to do all these things to manipulate how you look. Like, yeah. That's, I think, part of the America that really sucks. It is. And it is something where you're like, you can apply that to a lot of different people. And I mean, it's not just like one race that has to do that. But it is like, I mean, obviously, like this kind of ideal that gets you the most power and respect in American society is this like white heteronormative look, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But it is something where I'm like, even reading that, I'm like, yeah, like it is funny how, you know, if you're a woman and you don't wear makeup or you don't kind of do all of these things that are seen as necessary, like yeah. that's all part of it too. But it just extends farther and farther out the more, you know, distant you are from whatever that like bullshit beauty mm-hmm. norm is. Yeah. Where it's like there's more and more that you would have to do to quote unquote fit in. Yeah. And by deciding like, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like torture or like tear apart my body or whatever it is I have Mm -hmm. to do to fit into that like for people to see that as like oh you're trying to make a point when it's like bitch I might just be lazy yeah (laughs) like Like, just let me fucking live my life and not have to like prove myself based on how I look yeah like I'm like a lot of people are just trying to get by and they're like it has nothing to do with me trying to say like hey, I'm trying to prove that, like, what's natural is beautiful or anything. I'm just trying to get by. Yeah. So I definitely related hard to that when I was like... so unfair. Yeah, I don't want to brush my hair and look at all the shit you have to do to fit in. Like, I thought I had it bad. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I think, like, that's a a good point. Like, it's just so... It's just so unfair. Mm -hmm. It's so unfair that there's, like, people who can just, like, roll out of bed and go to work and, like live their life and everyone's just like okay like you're normal and I'm not gonna like critique that in any way whereas like if you're any derivation other than like basically a straight haired white man within a certain height range and weight and like gender orientation like you're fucked everything's harder for you all the time in America specifically and I don't know what it's like to like live in another place and like you know, you know what it would be like to go and live in another continent and country with the, you know, looks that I have. But I feel like that would be, add just an extra layer to it of, like, the whole, like, different culture that I grew up with and what I'm used to. Yeah. And then, I mean, can you imagine, like, going and living in another country for, like, 14 years and then coming back to the States? Like... I just feel like my friends, like, especially from high school, would be like, you pretentious bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just think of the people who do, like, study abroad and then come back and they're like, I'm forever changed from my semester in Italy. And you're like, okay, shut the fuck up. You're but, like, like, I like pasta too, bitch. You're <laughs> like, I could have told you carbs were great. Like, yeah. you could have skipped the trip. Yeah. Um, but it is something where people, like, if you've spent real time somewhere, you're like, yeah, I am informed by that. And now it's like... I'm torn between these two cultures and I think even not that I'm trying to give, you know, credit to these pretentious 
people who do their study abroads, myself included. <laughs> you did do study abroad. I did. But it is something you come back and you're like, you feel like, different. oh my God, you guys, I'm different. Like, I'm changed. And you somehow want everyone to know that. But then, like, three weeks later, you're like, never mind. I'm back. Because, <laughs> like, never had a chance to, like, truly assimilate yeah. to whatever that other experience yeah. was. But in something like this, like, the characters really are torn between, you know, where they were born, where they grew up, and where they've been living their lives. Yeah. And, I mean, you can see that, and it is super interesting. And, I mean, there's even, there's so much of this book that I feel like is worthwhile. It just, I don't know, I, it was more of, like, I read it in kind of a clinical way of, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is interesting, and I feel like... I learned some stuff, but I didn't, nothing like stuck with me. And I don't know that I'll think about it. Like in a year's time, I don't know that any part of this will have resonated with me. Well, I mean, I kind of disagree a little bit. I feel like the part of this that'll resonate with me is probably like the fact that it was strange and I didn't understand a lot of it. And I feel like that part of it will probably resonate with me because I, I think a lot of times when I read books like this where I'm like, oh. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just reminds me that my perspective isn't the only perspective, yeah. you know? And I think, like, even though, like, the part of me that's, like, I don't get it, I'm not going to look back at this book and be, like, profound. I understand all the things now. But I am going to take this book with a grain of salt and be, like, okay, friendly reminder to myself that I don't know everything, you know, and that my perspective isn't the only valid one. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair. I don't know that because I... 190,000 people on Goodreads thought this was fantastic. So and I clearly was like, we're in the wrong. solid three here. Well, no, but honestly, I feel like we've talked about this a lot before, but there's also something to like books coming to you when you're ready for them. And I could see myself like if I had read this three years ago or just at a different point in my life being yeah. like, this is amazing. But a yeah. lot of the political and social commentary that was made, honestly, none of it was new to me and not like, oh, I'm just so, like, cultured and learned. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I, I've i heard well, all of this before, and I, like, ideologically agree with a lot yeah. of it. So the part that would be the most interesting to me is getting to have that experience through someone else's eyes of what it feels like I to agree. be an outsider and all of that. And that was the part that was so lacking for me. It was not, like, making the point. I'm like, I'm with you. Like, yeah ideologically I am like all of these things but I just felt like I was being told rather than shown like this is what the experience is like in good books you are just like I lived this yeah and I didn't feel like I lived anything through this book I think that's a really good point and this book did come out in 2013 so I feel like so actually like six years ago yeah I feel like at that point it probably was a little bit more profound but I also feel like, you know, not every book can be, like, To Kill a Mockingbird, where uh-huh. it just, like, holds water for all time. However, like, yeah, I'm like, fucking you know? Anna Karenina, how old is that shit? And we just read it, and we were like... Oh, yeah, God. but I mean, I think, like, when you talk about the human experience without the impact of political... I mean... I will say that the part of this book where they were talking about Obama becoming president and what that that was was like, I was like, I feel this, I feel this in my bones. And I think looking at, you know, our current political environment and just being like the fuckery of it all. Yeah. I think that part of it I really loved. And I really loved like 
all of the hope and idealism that was part of that part of the book. And I think that at the time that this was written, like I'm all in, Mm -hmm. but I think that it does like, it's one of those things that's, it's hard to carry on with the political climate that we have now. And maybe if we were in a different space and there was a different president and like things were a little bit different now, I'd be like, okay. But I feel like we have just been like bathed in this kind of rhetoric for a while now. And we've been espousing this kind of rhetoric for a while now. We just keep like coming up against a wall and you're mm-hmm. you're talking to this against people a literal like wall, a literal wall. A literal maybe. wall. <laughs> like you're talking like when you try to have these conversations with people who disagree with you, it's so hard to find a middle ground that it's like I'm just maybe this is just the wrong time and I'm just like I'm it's exhausting. I'm tired of talking about this stuff right now because it's exhausting. And that sounds so shitty and I'm not like giving up on the fight, but like it's just like it's it's emotionally exhausting trying to like deal with all these shitty people all the fucking time. Yeah, well, and I mean, it is something where I felt like when we read it, I mean, maybe it was written in a different time and obviously a slightly different political era, albeit one we were clearly alive and well for, um, an election we voted in, but also like, wow, it's still a timely topic. Like, none of this has been resolved. In fact, a lot of this stuff has kind of gone backward. Yeah. Um, and especially the kind of immigration issues. But yeah, it did just make me angry in a lot of the ways, just from, like, a political perspective. Of yeah. How bullshit it all is. I agree. And I think, like, I think this book, I don't regret reading it in any capacity. And I think, like, if I'd gone into this expecting it to be a political commentary, I would have been all in. But, like, going into this expecting it to be, like, a romance slash political commentary, I was like, eh, the romance did nothing for me. The narrative did nothing for me. I thought it was going to be, like, water for chocolate where you're, like, you're, like, I am just here for the romance, but I'm learning shit along the way. That was such a sexy book. So sexy. But this one was, like, the other way around where you're, like, I'm here to learn stuff and then there's a romance going on that's kind of a homewrecking situation I guess I'm supposed to be here for but like I wish everybody would do the right thing and move on yeah I agree I don't know what would you rate this book out of 10 it's a great question it's hard I also just briefly want to say both you and I molokai'd this book yeah to say quickly I think we both read it in less than 48 hours because we're lazy sacks of shit and we waited way too long. Well, I will say I read the first like 50 pages over the course of two weeks and then the last 600 pages over 48 hours. Fair enough. So I, as you know, to be fair, not everyone's been privy to the behind the scenes, but I was like, Brandy's not going to have actually read this book. So I texted her yesterday and I was like, what's your progress? And she's like, I've got two chapters to go. I was like, oh, this shit's happening. (laughs) I'm going to read this book now. So I started it yesterday. So that's all I've done for the last 24 hours. Um, And I think that could have affected my rating. However, I will say my rating is like a 6.8. Yeah. Like not quite a 7, but it was better than it I yeah what do you think I'm I'm right there with you like a seven ish like I I wanted to really love this book I thought it was gonna be a 10 for me that's yeah. so hard I think that's I think that's it I think that I'd, if I'd come into this with no expectations I really I would have liked it more but also I feel like the structure of the book didn't do it for me and I 
if this had been nonfiction and just stuck to that, it would have been like a nine. If it yeah. had stuck to the narrative, it probably would have been a seven. I think the <laughs> narrative is what didn't do it for me, and I wanted yeah. to really like it for the narrative. I just can't get behind the home wrecking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I mean, we can... I think we're reading something less homewrecky next week. Hopefully. Do you have it yeah. available? I do. Lord so, knows you're in charge of this cast. <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm we, so this glad... This was a recommendation yeah. as well, and I'm actually kind of excited about this. So this is by Rachel Hollis, and it's called Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, and I think it's actually like a self-help book. It's like a memoir slash self-help, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Okay, so I have never read a self-help book in my entire life. And also something fun, when I just Googled Girl Wash Your Face, recommendation one and recommendation three are this book, and recommendation number two is a La Mer cream for $2,000. I was going to say, so, like, <laughs> people should probably tell us what they wash their face with. And <coughs> I mean, again, so this book that we read um americano was recommended to us by marissa i think marissa one or the other for sure um and then girl wash your face was a recommendation from jessica i think in thousand oaks yes I remember that because I read that email. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, some Jane. So thank you, Jessica and Thousand yeah. Oaks. I will wash my face tonight yeah. in, in preparation for this book. Yeah. But everyone tell us what to wash our face with because I feel like this book is offensive to me already because I just splash water on my face and I don't wash my face. Also, and I'm, I don't want to get too into this before we actually read the book because I might like it, but I'm like morally opposed to self-help from the get-go so it should be interesting jessica <laughs> like opposed because like you don't need any help or it's not because you don't I, trust yourself to no help you. it's because i'm like resentful of anyone offering me help ever i've been that way literally since i was an infant i like cannot stand people offering their help to me i'm like i don't want your help don't do anything for me i will do everything myself which is a character flaw i understand that i should probably go to therapy well, well i was just gonna say like for me, I'm like, maybe I can skip a week of therapy because this might be helpful, but we shall see. Okay. We shall see. And then I wonder what we can... Maybe we need to find some face wash... Face wash. Face wash. Face wash. wash. Themed drinks for next week. I'm sure we can. Okay. Girl, we'll wash it. your face with some dot, dot, dot. Probably apple cider vinegar cocktails. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. All right. Well, we'll be lit for that one. As per usual. Bye.